Alright guys, welcome back to episode 10 of The Shady Youth. We in episode 10? Episode 9 or episode 10. I'm not sure, but you can tell from the title that's either one of those two. So welcome back guys. Uh, I suck for losing count within 10 episodes, but you know, it's whatever. It's me. You expect failure. Anyway, enough about me. We have an amazing guest today. It's about every guest because every guest of mine is amazing. Today we have spectacular, the linguistic genius. That's a hint on what the episode is about. We have Hanan Aslam. Assalamu alaikum, okay. Wa alaikum akhi. How are you doing, akhi? I'm doing good, akhi. Be care, we're doing no good in here. I have no idea what you said. Translate that for me. In English. You said be care. What does that mean? Be care means like, I'm good. Oh, okay. Khair means good. And bad means uh, whatever, whatever. Um, so, as the intro can kind of, you know, foreshadow, I guess, into what this whole thing is about, I hit up Hanan because Hanan was recently on an episode of another podcast. I know, right? He's not the first, this is not the well, first podcast for him. This is crazy. So, I hit him up because you know he's a big shot now. He's, uh, he's an Arabic guru, if you will. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'll link the episode to the podcast that Hanan was on recently. It was an it was a, an episode on um, for Al Andalus Institute with uh, Ustad Muhammad Al Andalusi. Was that his name? That's his yeah. name, right? Yeah. yeah, I follow him on IG. He's a very cool guy. He's very dedicated to uh, to um, to disseminating like how to speak Arabic, right? Like because he made this whole institute, and he he. Uh, the whole like slogan of the institute is that we know how to teach Arabic beca- um, better than like the whole traditional model of you know learning grammar, learning you know all these rules, but not really learning vocab. Right. So they use a very vocab heavy model. Would you say that's accurate, Hanan? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. So he was on that podcast recently. And he went through his whole journey of how he got into Arabic. How he. Um, how he started to get passionate about it and how he finally made the leap to start this course and eventually did get very, very good at speaking Arabic on a high level. So if you want to see all that, you can hit up the, the episode. I'll link it in the description below. But for those who don't click on it, because I imagine there's going to be a lot of them, Hanan, how would you like to start off your journey in this Arabic endeavor. Before I start off my explanation of my journey, I'd, I'd like to correct you because that's not really a podcast. That was more of an interview. So don't worry, this is my first podcast. Hey, I like that. I Hello. like that. I like that. What's up? Yeah, and uh, in regards to the the program, yeah, it, it's definitely check it out. Uh, Arabic, like an Arab, by Muhammad Andalusi, the brother. He worked hard on this program. And it's one of the greatest programs out there. So if you want to learn Arabic and you're serious about it, check the program out, inshallah. MashaAllah. I got to gotta... flex my hints of Arabic here and there throughout the episode. <laughs> 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 Embarrass myself, but it's cool. And thirdly, I'm not at a proficient level yet. Like, I can speak Arabic fluently, but anyone who knows Arabic, like, and will, will say, like, this guy, he's, like, he's right. making mistakes left and right in gotcha. his grammar. Like, he doesn't know this, obviously. <laughs> So, yeah, 
but um, in regards to my journey, it I was I never I, it, like like the funny thing is uh when I started off I didn't want to learn Arabic. I remember uh, uh, it was just like uh, I was learning Quran at the time with uh, my friend, uh, and then uh, my dad was like, "You got to do this program at Asab in Maryam. It's a masjid in Queens, one of my favorite masjids in Queens." Mm. And he's like, "Once you get into this community, your life is going to change. This this community is so different from all the rest." And he used to do this program that he put me in because uh, he was he wanted to learn Arabic as well. So he was like, "You know, I'm gonna put my son in this." And I, w- I didn't want to do it at first. I'm like, you know, I don't really need to learn Arabic. I don't want to learn Arabic. What's the point? I don't know if it's going to work. And then, like, that was my initial take. But, like, once uh, how, I, how long ago was this? Oh, this was uh, maybe freshman year. Definitely freshman year of high school, for sure. So, like, three years ago. Three, four years ago. Okay. So, like, so a lot of people 20, think, like... 2016-ish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of people think, like, oh, he got, he got quick in Arabic, like... With, with only like a couple months of work. Now I've been doing this for like four years, man. I've been working, I'm trying. But yeah, he put me in the program and uh, then I, I found love. Like, like I remember literally the first class or the second class, we just talked about the letter Ba and Bismillah. And uh, my teacher, Ustad Zakaria, he was saying like, oh, Ba means like to with. It can mean be translated with. So then I started thinking about like, when you say Bismillah, whenever you do something, you're literally saying, with the name of Allah, I start this action. And like, I remember literally, I have like a vivid memory in my head. I was walking back to the bus and I was texting my friends. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. That means with, like with the name of Allah. When you're saying Bismillah, you're saying you start this with the name of Allah. And I was, I was tripping over that. And that was like such a simple thing. And from there, I was just like, you know, I got to keep going. And I fell in love from the... I don't know, that's a beautiful story just... Yeah, something as simple as ba is, is it can it can be as something simple as ba, right? It's just one letter, but Allah Subhanahu wa Taala instilled that love within you of Arabic just from that one letter, right? Because a lot of people might think that you know to fall into a, fall in love with the language you might need like some crazy, you know, like some crazy nuanced uh, linguistic rule that just blows their mind, right? But mm-hmm. if if you truly have you know. Um, I don't know if, if if Allah truly wants to put that love of a language or especially Arabic within you, he'll he'll do it through the simplest of means. And I guess the letter ba, right? That's literally the second letter in the Arabic alphabet. Subhanallah, that's another like kind of mind blowing thing, I guess. But something as simple as that, you know, got you into that into this whole journey of you know furthering your your knowledge of Arabic. So after. After you did that, right, you um, you furthered your learning, of course, after the Masjid Isa course. Um, you didn't mention how, how long it was. All right. So um, in terms of the Isa course, I think I believe I did like two semesters of it. And then uh, after that, I, I spoke with my teacher. So like, that's how, how long would each semester be? I haven't. It's been so long. I, I barely remember. I think it maybe was like four months. Okay. Like, yeah. So like uh, I did two semesters of it. And then I, I, started, I started speaking with my teacher. I said, as I could, I'm like, you know, I, I want to go on my own. Like, I, I really, like, I feel like these classes are going too slow. I, I don't treat, I don't entirely remember how I got to this point. Damn, bro, you were like, yo, you're holding me back, Ustad. <laughs> Ustad, you're holding me back. Sheikh, I want a little more. You got that thirst. You never, you can't be saturated once a week. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but I don't remember how I stumbled upon these videos, but 
or, or if, if this is even the proper order, but I know that eventually I uh, stumbled onto the Medina books. Actually, now I remember there was a cousin I had who we explain what the Medina books are. Like um, before I did that, so there's a cousin I had, no and problem. like I randomly went to his house one time, and he told me about the Medina books, and that's how I learned about it. Just a random cousin on a random occasion that I barely ever talked to, and then uh, the Medina books are basically uh, they're one of the most uh, famous famous sets of books out there to learn Arabic. There's Medina book one, two, and three. It'll essentially take you from a beginner level, like Hada Kitabun or Hada Maktabun. And it'll take you up and build you grammar-wise. That means this is a book and these are books. Uh, this is a I, know, I know a little some, something, you know? I see, I see. <laughs> Continuing, uh, Yeah, so the, that's what the Medina books are. They're basically a grammar-focused way of learning the Arabic language. And perhaps for some people it'll work. But I went through all three books uh, using this brother's uh, YouTube videos, this Paki brother. Anyone who's, who, who's tried to look it up will know this Paki Bale. Uh, he, mashallah, is male of us. He's like a very, I mean, he's, a, he's a very beautiful brother in his character in Iqraq. But uh, I went through all three books and I maybe finished it junior or sophomore year. And uh, I had all this stuff, knowledge of like, oh, what is this? This way to form sentences. These basic things. But I had no way to use These are them. all grammar rules, correct? Yeah, these are all or like categories grammar of grammar. Terms. So like there's the nominal sentences, uh, the verbal sentences. Right, okay. Yeah. So things we wouldn't even think about in English. Like exactly. a lot of us wouldn't even know what half of these terms even mean. But we yeah, yeah. use them on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I was able to make like tiny sentences, maybe like katab to hada, I wrote this, or daras to hada. Okay, like basic sentences in Arabic, but I wasn't able to utilize all the stuff that I had learned properly because I had no vocabulary. You can blame it, but I'll definitely take the blame for that on my way of studying it. And I didn't put enough focus on vocabulary because I was a self-taught person. You know, hmm. maybe if you go through the three Medina books with the proper teacher, perhaps it'll be better because then they'll build you up with vocabulary. But when I, when I was out of it, I really had no way to use all the stuff that I had learned. And uh, after that, I'm like, you know what? I met a brother on a, at a Itikaf one year. I think it was uh, two years ago. And he, he introduced me to this app. It's called Memrise. Itikaf during Ramadan? Yeah, Itikaf during Ramadan. It's the last okay. time I was in Ramadan. I just stayed in the masjid during school. So uh, there was this one brother, a random brother that came in the masjid. He introduced me to this app called Memrise. It's basically a way uh, to... It translated word, words, um, you know, like flashcards, like a Quizlet, pretty much that, but mm -hmm. like uh, in a different form. So I started using that to learn Arabic more because I'm like, you know, at this point, I have a lot of grammar. What I need to do is focus on building up my vocabulary. So then I started using that app and I started getting vocabulary on my own. And then eventually, that's when I stumbled on uh, Mufti Muhammad Munir on Hadith Disciple, his, uh, his video with uh, Andalus Institute. And uh, I, I, that was during the Itikaf because I saw the video. I'm like, um, okay, this is interesting. I contacted the brother because you had to do it back then. You had to do one-on-one -on -one interviews with the brother. And he told me that it was like $2,000. And I'm like, I was like, I can't do this on the spot. You know, my parents right. are like, I haven't spoke to them. I'm like, you know, this isn't for me right now. 
And I spoke to the brother who had introduced me to Memorize. And he's like, you know what? You don't need this course. Just keep on doing Memorize. And I kept doing it for like a couple, three, four, five months later. And it worked. It worked. But I'm like, you know, I stumbled back on the course in September of last year. So that's September 2019. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going well. But there's no doubt. If I have a teacher, I can go so much faster. Because when you have a teacher for any subject, this is in regards to anything, anything you want to study. When you have a teacher and you're starting off, the teacher will help you, guide you, keep you safe from mistakes and like zoom you through. It'll be so much faster when you have a teacher because they know what works. They know what doesn't work. But when you're doing it on your own, you have to find out all these things on your own. So I'm like, you know, it's no doubt that if I get a teacher, I'm going to do better on this. If I get a teacher, it's going to help me. If I get a teacher, I'm going to progress faster. So that's what really motivated me. Like, you know, I really wanted to get this course. And at that time, the price was lowered down to 1000 even though it's still very expensive. Right. I'm like, I, I, like, I talked talk to my parents and alhamdulillah, I'm very grateful for my parents. I have very supportive parents. Who are, it, was a, it was a one-time payment? Yes, one, one-time payment. I'm very supportive. Uh, so they, they agreed to pay it off for me because they're like, you know what? I know you want to do this, like seek knowledge for your future. And they were like, this is very important. Because Arabic and Quran are the two fundamentals to any student of knowledge. So they let me, they let me buy the course. And alhamdulillah, since then, like, it's just been going uphill in terms of my studies. All right, bro, that sounds like an amazing story. Um, and all throughout, you, you seem to be very dedicated and, you know, actually trying to look for avenues and ways to, you know, actually attain the Arabic language, right? Because it, it's very easy for you to convince yourself that, oh, I did the three Medina books, you know, I, uh, I know Arabic now, right? Yeah. It's khalas, right? As, as they say, <laughs> khalas, I'm done. I know Arabic now because I did the three Medina books. But no, you have to truly be honest with yourself and what your weaknesses are and what you can improve in and what you really need to do to, you know, be, become proficient in something. This is for any skill mm. and, and this is for any language, not just Arabic. Um, and, you know, it's just amazing. And, to, to truly like, uh, like to see that you, you know, furthered your journey and continue to, you know, get that vocab from the app memorized, like you said. And then even then you saw the weakness of, no, I can still do better in this because I'm not really becoming fluent. I'm just kind of learning words and, you know, it's, I'm learning here and there, but I need a teacher, right? That's what it boils down to. And optimally that's kind of what you need for anything. Like you said, beautifully. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very impressed by the, just by like the the actual, how do, what's, what's the word? Um, you know, being true to yourself and like what you actually need, rather than you know saying, hey, I got this. Like you know, I I can, I can do this by myself, right? You you realize when you need help, and you realize when you hit a, a blockade in your self study journey. Mm -hmm. So. After after you you did you know the payment you started the course. Talk a little bit about the experience with the course itself. So in terms of the course, I started off with the weekly conversation sessions, just saying simple sentences. And the teacher at the time was Ustad Ibrahim, so and he was a very supportive teacher. No Robinson. He, he I mean, made it so that those weekly conversation sessions, so just to explain what they are, 
every week on Saturdays and Sundays, we would have a, a two-hour-long session where we would just speak in Arabic, and everything in it would be in Arabic. And the teacher, Ustad Ibrahim, may Allah uh, he has uh, he really helped me on that. And he's such, he was such a welcoming person that it made it easier and more comfortable to speak and to, to try and speak. Because uh, what, what happened to me at the beginning is like, walking into those, I'm like, yo, I'm scared to speak in. I don't, and naturally, I don't like to speak to people. It's just like, I'm a quiet person in general. So when uh, this happened, it's like, you know, I don't really like to speak in the first place. And now I have to speak in Arabic, a whole different language. But alhamdulillah, due to his support, and his loving and kindness and his sincerity, it really encouraged me and it, it moved me forward. That's in terms of the week conversation sessions, which is one part of the program. In terms of the other parts of the program, which is like, uh, they, they, there's a book, basically. It's called Arabiya Bayna Arabic Between Your Hands, you can translate it to be. Um, uh, and it's, uh, it's another book, just like the Medina series, uh, sorry, the Medina books, but it's primarily focused in vocabulary. And they use it in uh, Al-Adha, which is an uni- Islamic university in uh, Egypt, and universities such as that. So uh, that we, we, you start going through those books, and each lesson, they give you like a ton of vocabulary. So alhamdulillah, I started to build up more vocabulary. Now I can start using what I've learned from the Bidina books, the basic like concepts of, okay, this is how you make a sentence. This is a fi'al, this is a verb. This is how you use the verb in the sentence. And then I started putting that together with the vocabulary and I started to build my way up. And uh, because of I, I'm a young person, alhamdulillah, so I had a lot of free time. So I'm just, every time I get home from school, my priority is not schoolwork. So I'm, I'm focusing on just doing the Arabic lessons. Every week I'm putting like lots of hours on the videos, on writing down the vocabulary, memorizing the vocabulary, using the vocabulary, and uh, watching videos in Arabic, cartoons in Arabic. Just it keep on doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's the best part. That's dope, bro. That's dope. Definitely. Uh, so you start, you start building that vocabulary. You start hearing it being used, and your brain slowly starts to get used to just okay. It's I can speak Arabic, and it's a normal thing now. That's that's how it yeah. was after I started the program. And how long was the course? The course I'm not even done with it yet, because uh, okay, so you're still yeah ongoing. Gotcha. Uh, how? On a scale of one to ten, how far would you say ten being ten being how, how can I put this? Ten ten being you can hold a conversation about politics with an Arabic person, and one being like me or like Kefahalik or like uh, you know had like kitab that kind of thing. Where would you say you land on that spectrum? I don't know what you'd be talking about politics, but I say seven. You say seven. That's solid. That's solid. Mashallah, that's solid. Um, that's that's very Cause, solid. Because the thing about Arabic is even if you don't know the specific words for things, if you right. know the words that you can use to explain that concept... To, to like, describe it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's say like Sayyara, that's car, right? Like, w- yeah. What would you say if I didn't know how to say car? Oh, <laughs> Okay. 
you use like expressions, phrases. You use it. Right. You <laughs> Damn, I'm really embarrassing myself. For every Arabic speaker that is listening right now, is probably like, what is this man doing? <laughs> nah, man. Uh, that's, we, even when you learn Arabic, you still do that stuff. خلاص أخي أكيد نا أخي لا لا لا. يعني يعني لا لا لا. يعني. No no no. It, it sounds like I'm making fun of it. No, it's it's that's not what I'm trying to do at all. Um, so it just tell me what you just said because I I literally have no idea. Oh, sorry, I heard uh, I heard like something about traveling, but. Besides I, that, I was saying like I might have messed up at the beginning of what I was saying because when you when you switching from Arabic to English it hurts. But um, I was saying like oh the thing you use to get from one place to another when you want to visit your friends you use this you come right. in this when you want to visit your friends like and then I'd start doing the the facial gestures and the you know the body gestures. The <laughs> uh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, that's that's dope. Uh, you were saying that when you're like thinking or you're trying to transition to Arabic. Um, Would you would you say that a part of the learning process is to program yourself to actually start having thoughts in Arabic? Oh, is that yes. a step to go through? Absolutely, because once like one of the biggest things that helped me in like in my journey of learning Arabic, and I'm still learning, obviously, but is that when you start thinking in Arabic, when you learn new words, you start you start using everything you've learned before to learn that new word, and. Okay. Uh, One of the greatest things that has helped me is making jokes and just being, just having fun with it. Like uh, I remember my teachers in the program, they they always I write, you know, you write, we write sentences sometimes mm-hmm. for the words that we learn and we use them in it. I just I just try to come up with the funniest things or like the dumbest things so that I can remember the things and it that is that is fun for me to actually use it. You have a you have a go-to example for that? Oh yes, um, I, there's one example we we learned uh, turning to the west. I forgot the words, but it was like turning to the west, turning to the east, turning to the north, or turning south. I forgot. I don't even know what these were the words, but it was something like an example with a wife and a husband I had made, where it's like uh, the 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 wife was telling him to do something, and he's like he looks the other way, then he looks the other way. It was just it was just funny, man. I don't oh, even know. Yeah. Oh man. Um. So it it seems like you you definitely got to a solid state in your Arabic. What would you say is your primary motivation for getting this far and and continuing to um, try to excel? Because you yourself said that um, this is like nowhere near, or it's what you implied, like this is nowhere near the level that I want to be at, right? So what would you say is your primary motivator at this stage? Mm. At this stage, my primary motive at this stage? Right, because I think, I don't know, to me, it's going to sound bad, but language always seemed kind of boring, right? It just, mm-hmm. like, whether it be Spanish, I remember in uh, in high school, right? Or in middle school, we actually started learning Spanish, but in high school, we we did, like, a couple years of Spanish, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just seemed beyond boring. Like, there were a couple units that were kind of fun, like, here and there with the projects, like, speaking and, like, doing skits or maybe like doing an art project or something like that. Right. Yeah, that was, those were fun, but learning all these like rules and, and elements like that, those, I, it's just boring to me. Right. Yeah. Um, I've had similar experience with Arabic. I've had, I, I definitely have an interest, right. But the grammar is where I lose it. The grammar is truly where I lose that interest. And I think 
for any language, that's probably where a lot of people lose that interest, right? Because they they get into a very rule oriented type of style. But then I kind of I kind of realize like how do I learn English or how do I learn like Bengali? Like those some of my friends and family members might say, no, you actually don't know Bengali. You suck at it. <laughs> They'd be right. So <laughs> how do I learn English? I mean, I went to school. I spoke with like my classmates, my friends. Um, yeah, I didn't learn like the rules or, I mean, they talk grammar in class, obviously, yeah. but that's not how you truly learn it. You learn it by talking to the kids at recess, by um, making cracking jokes, like you said, with your friends, mm-hmm. uh, by experiencing the language, right? Is that is that how you would say it? So at, at this stage, it seems like you yourself are having a more pleasant time with it because you fully immerse yourself. Is, would that be accurate to say? I think uh, in terms of school stuff he's talking about, I hated Spanish in school. They, the way they teach language. No, no offense to any Spanish speakers yeah, or I'm anyone sorry. that likes Spanish. It's a very no, beautiful no, language. The language is great. Yeah. The language is great. The way, the way they teach it in the, school. The way they teach it, yeah. It's garbage. <laughs> it's so garbage because they make it so I mean, It probably works for some people. Probably works uh, yeah, for some people. Yeah, it does work for some people. Yeah. No doubt. But like, it's, it's like it's, they make it so boring. Like when it comes to learning a language, there's so much you can do. You can watch cartoons, you can watch movies, you can listen. Yeah. To, I'm, yeah. not gonna, I'm not promoting music, but the non-Muslims they can listen to music. Like it's all the stuff you okay. can do to 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 immerse yourself in the language and have fun with it. But they just make it all. You gotta memorize this vocabulary. Oh, you gotta learn this. Oh, we're gonna use this and we're gonna write sentences. And it's so boring in class. Especially yeah, I, I mean, shout out to the people that can actually learn it and like. Yeah, because I'm I'm guessing that's more of like a methodical type approach. So a lot of people might yeah. actually appreciate that true, um, true. that that sort of approach. But I don't. I'm just not that type of person. Mm-hmm. And I watch a like I watch a lot of like um, like animated type stuff. So yeah, anime is involved with that. So it's something like Japanese as well. I like pick up on words here and there, but again, it's just like I'm not gonna learn the language because yeah. language is just not something. I'm that fond of like nowadays I'm definitely sort of turning my trajectory on that perspective. Uh, like I definitely do want to, you know, get proficient enough to at least understand the Quran, right? That's because everyone always says that the Quran is a very basic level of Arabic where you only really need to know like a couple hundred words or something like that. And like mm-hmm. some, some vowel and like some grammar rules, right? It doesn't have to be like complex grammar, of like multiple categories, things like that, to truly understand the Quran. You only need you only need a certain level. Right? So my goal for now is to at least get to that level. And that should be the goal for all of us, right? Uh, I guess that's what I w- wanted to lead to with that yeah, yeah. primary motivator question. Um, yeah. But what would you say is your primary motivator at, the, at this point, right? Because at, at a 7 out of 10, where 10 is talking about politics, I'd probably say that 7 is like more than enough to at least understand the Quran, right? Mm-hmm. So what is driving you forward? So like the thing is the motive, my motives have changed over time because as you grow more, you get to, you understand the Quran at some point, like yeah. enough of it. Mm-hmm. But in, in the beginning, my motive was, I want to understand the Quran. And I would always like uh, challenge, like my, my heart would always be conflicted between, you know, do I memorize the Quran or do I, do I learn Arabic? Like, and anyone who knows me knows I've been going through this like struggle for like three years now. Like, do I memorize the Quran? Do I focus on Arabic? I've been going on and off. 
And then when I started focusing on Arabic with the program, that's when I got somewhere. Because it's like... Yeah, and I, this is, this is like, we're still students in high school. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm, I'm in college now, but I'm not just graduating high school. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the graduates. <laughs> yeah. Home graduates of 2020. Yeah. yeah, but, um, so it was like, because when you memorize the Quran, it's like, if you're just memorizing sounds, you don't get that joy in your heart. But when you're memorizing the words... No, the I wouldn't stories, say that. No, I, would, I wouldn't say that. I'd still, I still enjoy just reciting the Quran. Obviously. There's still joy in it. No, 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 no doubt. There is a level of beauty. Because the, the Quran, you understand it, you don't understand it, there's barakah in it. Yeah. No matter what. There's always going to be barakah in the Quran. But when you understand what Allah is saying to you, and you're reciting it as if Allah is speaking, you're, you're literally, when you're saying, uh-huh. oh, damn it. Nothing came to mind when I heard that. But when you're reciting that, and you, you have it as if you're you're speaking the words, that's a whole entire different level of experience. Yeah, no doubt. It's like no doubt. Allah it, is literally it, speaking to you. Yeah, it can probably just affect the tonality of how you recite it too, because then you can recite it with actual emphasis on the things that need emphasis. Like, uh, why do you think we get so attached when we hear a professional reciter um, from the haram or from, you know, someone that actually knows the language, they know how to, they know how to hit the right, you know, the, the right mood in certain spots. When they're talking about Jahannam, they have a very like solemn, um, you know, serious tone. When they talk about Jannah, they, their voice, their tone might get, uh, might get higher, might get more joyful. You know, they might, uh, they might get like very excited, right? Like, like a kid. Um, that's, that's kind of where, or I guess, you know, reciting and, you know, uh, learning the language can mesh together. You can fully, fully take the recitation to the highest extent by learning the actual meaning of it. Exactly. Do you know who Mansoor As-Salami is? Or I think that's his name. It's this uh, Arab guy who, whenever he re- he's like giving speeches or stuff, when he recites the Quran, he like recites it so beautifully. I don't know if you know who that is. No, but I'm, I'm sure, it's, I'm sure I'm some not. of the viewers will know. It's just uh, Mansur al-Salami. Definitely check him out. Because uh, when he recites the Quran, he's like giving lectures and stuff. He's yeah. speaking. And then when he starts, he's saying like, Yeah, Like, Beautiful. it's like, like, it's like you yeah. can see it's coming from his heart. Like, it's direct speak to you. And that's one of the things know. that like, so beautiful. That's amazing, man. I, I pray that we can all have that love for the Quran and, you know, the Arabic language as well. And, the Arabic language, um, I have my own takes on, on how the, the glorification of it has kind of like affected our society and our culture as Muslims as a whole. But overall, it's something that we should all like at least try to, you know, learn to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot, of the, a lot of the tenets of our faith are built surrounding that, right? Because Salah, right? You do the same exact motions five times a day. How hard is it to just learn the dhikr, the, the phrases you say every single time you um, raise your hands, you bow down, you go to sujood. Um, when you're in sujood, you get back up. These are the same phrases. How hard would it be to learn these, like, we, like these 10 phrases, you know? It's not hard. It's not hard at all. We can all do this. And... You know, perhaps after that you can learn Surah Fatiha, right? Then after that, maybe the three quls, the, the the last three surahs, 
uh, three chapters of the Quran, right? It's these aren't difficult things, right? We just gotta at least push ourselves and at least start that journey to you know, you know, take these steps. It's because it's a step by step process at the end of the day. Uh, I did want to touch on the on the on the cultural like effect of overglorification of the Arabic language, but um, no, it's just a matter of time, but I'll, I'll try to like keep it short and, and I'll, I want you to take on this discussion as well, because I have a lot of hot takes, a lot of, of hot takes. Of course you do. <laughs> so my opinion, I want to say opinion because a lot of people can, can see this, right? In the Arab world, people like us are kind of treated like, like the Mexicans of America, right? Like, we're, we're treated very badly, but by we, I mean like Pakistanis, Bengalis, um, Indians, let's say, it's like South Asian laborers and, you know, people that look like us, you know, in the Arab world. And, and you see it like in the UAE and Saudi, um, and I'm not trying to generalize, but yeah. it's, a, it's a societal thing. At the end of the day. It's a systemic thing, I guess. Um, and I assume a lot of that comes from this Arab superiority mm-hmm that and you always see those horror stories of you know a migrant labor and you know, there's a ton of black laborers as well and you see a ton of these stories these horror stories of you know some like arab uh, uh i don't know what you call it, like landowner or whatever right and they they're like whipping them and like abusing them just just making a mockery of them and i can definitely see how to an, a certain extent the over glorification of the Arabic culture as a whole can lead to some of that, right? Because, and uh, our African brothers and sisters can definitely, can, they can definitely attest to this, right? There's, I mean, even from our community, like South Asians, but we don't treat them right either, right? Definitely and, not. Yeah, there's kind of a hierarchy, I guess, when you, it's like Arabs and it's like the rest of us, then like our black brothers and sisters are just looked at very poorly. And again, I don't want to generalize. I look like, like we have a ton of Arab friends. Um, it's it's more of a cultural, systemic, or societal thing, right? It's not mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing, you know, individual, or personal, right? I don't know any like person or Arab person that treats me like crap or, or makes me feel bad. But I saw this some I saw this thing on Twitter recently where it was like it was commenting on the way we say uh, prayer, right? Because we a lot of us say namaz, uh-huh. but someone like made fun of that right it was just a little thing here and there but it just ticked me off like namaz is taken from a persian word a lot of the scholars use that word in their books right a lot of them did use namaz because it was taken from persian word it's nothing huge of a thing the only place where tajweed where the proper phrasing of things come like actually matters is the quran right when we're actually reciting because that's where we're actually be held accountable into how we're pronouncing it but Something like that just ticked me off where I'm, I'm like, something as little as this, you can kind of see the, the asabiya, right? The tribalism. And yeah, it's just, it's just a hot take that I have that I guess some people don't agree with me on, but well, what's your take on it? Honestly, I think the problem with that take is that if you, when you learn Arabic, you realize that Arabs, not, not like, Natural Arabs don't know jack about Arabic, the Quranic <laughs> Arabic, <laughs> like literally. Like uh, if you know uh, uh, Muhammad Andalusi, uh, my teacher, Ustad Andalusi, if you look at his uh, 
uh, Instagram page, he makes literally joke videos about going to Egypt and uh, speaking with the Egyptians there. Yeah. Because when cause when you speak like Fusha, like at the Arabia, I mean, no, it's colloquial, right? It's uh, it's the same thing with English. Like an English professor from like another country will outclass anybody in America. <laughs> But it's like Hands they down. think they were saying Quran when you start speaking normal sentences, bro. Stop the Quran, Alvin. Stop the Quran, Alvin. Yeah, I saw, I saw a couple. I saw a couple of those kids. It's pretty funny. But and again, we're not trying to mock. It's it's nah, just it's like again, like an English speaker or English professor from like another country will outshine me any day, and like I'll look like a fool in front of them because I don't know the language inside and out like that. But that's um, what my point. I was trying to make is that I don't think that associating Arabs. And in, in the modern era, with the Arabic language and language of the Quran is proper, because I know. No, of course, of course not. That, yeah. That's yeah. Finish your take. Because I know that black brothers, Bengali brothers, Paki brothers who know Arabic better than and the any yeah. Arab. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like I understand what you're saying though. The the concept of because they have this Arabic language. And because it's so overglorified, they take it yeah. as a reason to be superior. Yeah, or, or some people at least. Some people, because yeah. again, I don't Obviously, want to Obviously, we're not generalizing. Yeah. I, I agree. But but I understand that take you're coming from. I, I, I understand it. I don't know how I feel about it yet, because I've never really thought about the topic. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's something that's problematic, because that's not Islamic at all. At all. We know that for a fact. Because mm-hmm. I think... Uh, a problem that the Muslim Ummah is facing right now is that we've become so divided as a nation. There's there's racism within racism, and it's yeah, just no, a, trust me, as a as a Bengali bro, there's like districts that hate each other. Be. I'm sure in like Pakistan, there's the same thing. And it's like within Islam, we know that. Look, that's your Muslim brother. It doesn't matter what skin color he is, where he's from. Yeah, that is your Muslim brother. You are supposed to be like this with him, like tight, yeah, tight yeah, bond. Yeah. No, it's very unfortunate that we have so much asabiya, right? Because Rasulullah I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase the hadith, but it was something like uh, leave it, right? Leave leave it, referring to asabiya. It is rotten, right? It's a rotten thing, and he advises to leave it, but it's it's something that has plagued our ummah for millennia. It's very sad to see because at the end of the day, we were called. Uh, we're called brothers and sisters for a reason, you know. It's very sad yeah. to see. Yeah. And from my personal perspective, this is obviously what my own experiences are. I found that the the brothers who have been oppressed the most, or the brothers who come from the most oppressed people, they have become the most that shine the brightest when you give them the light. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Muhammad, like Ustad Abu Ramla, aka Mufti. Or instead, uh, Shadid Muhammad. These guys, like these guys, are my role models. Like these yeah, guys yeah, are, no, are, are so strong in the knowledge yeah. and they, they, how they go about it. And like I've just been inspired by them. Even even though I'm packing, yeah, they're all black. from Philly, right? They're all from, yeah, Philly? from Philly. Philly got a yeah, bro. Nah, a these Phil, bro, these Philly scholars are something else, bro. Yeah, for real. Nah, New, New, York, New York got our own share, but yeah, we do. Philly we do. scholars get a special shout out too. For sure. Yeah, so. This is a really nice conversation having with you, man. I don't want to spend too much of your time more. Um, just in summary, I, I really hope and pray that we can all unite as an ummah one day. Um, and Allah give us the tawfiq, the ability, right, to... The, bro, I'm just flexing my Arabic, just left and right. But may Allah give us the ability to, you know, truly embody 
the Quran and truly like fall in love with the language that he he sent his uh, word and right. Um, may Allah allow us to fully embody what a true Muslim is supposed to be, how he is supposed to act. And may Allah allow us to all reunite in Jannatul Firdaus in heaven, in the highest level of heaven one day, and truly see each other as brothers and sisters. Ameen. Thank you once again, Hanan Aslam, Thank you linguistic you. genius. No, I'm kidding. Uh, there's a hadith that says if something to the effect of if someone overpraise you to their face, throw dust at them. So next time you see me, throw dust at me, inshallah. So, Jazakallah khair. Thank you again, Hanan. Um, thank you guys for tuning in and see you in the next episode.